Welcome back, guys. This is not bad for a running pod, our NFL podcast show. Uh, I'm your host, Josh. I'm here with Jared, Ben, and Micah. Ben, it's glad to have you back after you weren't feeling too well last week. But unfortunately, we traded you out for Kunis, who is also not feeling well. So uh, hopefully he can get better. Uh, We can't seem to get a healthy lineup in, uh, much like uh, a lot of people we know's uh, fantasy lineups. Um, but, uh, anyone got any opening thoughts before we uh, get into this show? I didn't like that joke. <laughs> <laughs> I like, sounds the like joke. we're a committee approach. <laughs> I like when one of joke. us hurts the other ones in. Yeah. We never had the full five yet. Have we? Yeah, we, uh, have. we haven't, we haven't we since haven't? the first time we had all together, which was, I think we had it once. It was the first time. And then that was it. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, we had a uh, Trevor was here last time, so we had five. Yeah. We've had five, okay. But not this five, but not All the right. big four. Yeah, the big four. Anyway, uh, we had our FSL podcast uh, yesterday, going over this week, but obviously we're not all on it. So uh, Ben, Micah, you guys got any uh, quick fantasy thoughts? What happened this week in your guys' matchups? Nope. Next, <laughs> Ben. I- I'm I'm happy I pulled off the bipocalypse dub with a, a spot start of Nicole Fartman, Russell Gage, <laughs> and um who else did I put it? Devontae Booker. Quickly. I'd like to get Jared and Micah's takes on my thirty dollar, thirty-five dollar fab spend for a dub. I don't think it mattered. What did he score like twelve points? Fourteen. It did 14. matter. You also played Eric, so you probably could have started like Ooh. a kangaroo in your running back spot. <laughs> hey, but I uh, got my I got my guy. I did say after he scored that touchdown, Ben is probably out there saying best thirty five dollars I spent. <laughs> so right. I, I congratulated you on that because he did do well. Well, and yeah, he still I, may have another week of viability. I'm not going to use him because I got James Robinson back. But yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, see with Saquon because he's questionable. So is every other giant player, but yeah, hopefully he isn't because I face him this week. But I also survived the bipocalypse. I didn't have my boys Najee, Dalvin, or Herbert. But luckily, oh, my, heart my bleeds for you. Yeah, you sh- yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> luckily, uh, my fill-ins Kenneth Gainwell, uh, Gio Giovanni Bernard, and Tua were able to catapult me to a dominating win that I did not see coming. Were and, you the highest uh, scorer yeah. this week? Yeah, I you got the highest teams. score without your three best players. Yeah, that's yep. crazy. It's kind of crazy. Thanks to Jamar and Mike Evans too, with both uh, dropping thirty bombs. But anyway, this isn't the FSL. This is the NFL. So let's get into it. Uh, first and probably the most important topic is what's going on in the AFC. <laughs> My beloved Ravens took a nasty, nasty L to the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, after themselves taking off the Chargers and moving into the first place spot, now is held by the Bengals. They wow. now have the number one overall seed at this point in the season. Um, so, what are your guys' thoughts on this AFC top top part? Everything's been kind of shaken up week to week. What are you guys' thoughts on it? And are the Bengals look at are legit as they looked on Sunday? So, like you said, the Bengals are the number one seed in the AFC, and you know. You know, they're five and two. And it's weird. I can't remember one of their two losses. I think, I think they lost from, uh, Bears. NFC North team? 
and <laughs> Packers. What was, what was that first one? Two, two and a suit. North teams. I forgot they did lose to the Packers in that weird, like, just missed field goal. Awful overtime. But if the transitive property, we talked about that a little bit on last week's math pod. Um, <laughs> the Bears are the number one seed in the AFC right now. So we'll round of applause for the Bears as well. Uh, 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 you wish. Okay, you just wish. Just, just kidding. Just kidding. It's weird to look at the AFC and seeing the Bengals and the Raiders as the top two seeds right now. It's kind of – and the Chiefs aren't even in the playoffs right now. It's just a weird-looking yeah. AFC. Yeah. It's a weird-looking AFC right now. Definitely would not have thought the Bengals would be in this position position from the start of the season. So I guess kudos to your Bengals, but still a long season to go. We'll see if they can maintain it. Well, they they now have uh, an, a surprise, well, kind of a surprise weapon in CJ Uzmum Uzmama. <laughs> I think Trevor I, Trevor sent through how to pronounce it, but I just I call him Uz, Uzoma and Uzama. That's how I'm gonna. It's Uzama, but I I just love. Um, I can't remember the announcer's name, but he. I've never heard something botched so poorly in my life. It was CJ Ozmama. <laughs> have you ever heard? Giannis? Have you ever heard Stacy King trying to pronounce Giannis's last name? Because if oh you haven't, God. and you're listening to this right now. Look up Stacey King pronouncing Giannis Anadokounmpo's last name. It's fucking hilarious. Giannis Arumbo. <laughs> but yeah, so the AFC is definitely, uh, you know, it's 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 definitely really really close right now, especially toward the top. Titans uh, beat down on the Chiefs uh, this week um, after beating or after uh, pulling out a win against Buffalo. Um, it's 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 crazy right ben well i was just going to add in i feel like the afc right now is very march madness-esque because oh, yeah. you could throw any two teams together right now and i'll i'll toot my own team's horn a bit Careful. the colts no they they you put the colts in a situation they can come in again <laughs> all right easy bears fan okay but you started off so strong let's not tail <laughs> off well i regardless you can put a lot of AFC teams like the Titans, the Ravens, the Bills, the Bengals, even in a matchup together, and it's a complete toss-up for who's going to, you know, you come can out on top Colts. in that situation. I was just teasing. Well, not yet, because the yet. Colts did beat the Ravens. Or no, 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 they gave them a competitive uh, game. They no, gave them sir. a competitive game. <laughs> they would have won. That back in my face. Sorry, if they, they would have won if uh, Rex Specs would have hit that field goal if he wasn't hurt. But but. It is a it is a complete toss up in the AFC right now. I think it's going to be a lot of fun come playoff time because better it's going to be a better's worst nightmare. But for just a, a football fan, it's going to be fantastic. Do you think, Jared? Do you think it would be bad for the league if the Chiefs didn't make the playoffs? Do you think Absolutely. that would? Well, obviously, the exciting factor of oh, the Chiefs aren't in the playoffs, so they can't win the Super Bowl. We'll get someone else new at least out of the AFC. No, with the, the Patrick Mahomes, even though he's looked pretty bad and the Chiefs have looked pretty bad, is still the face of the NFL. And if you don't have the face of the NFL, or I guess it's him and still Brady who's still kicking it, but if you don't have either of those guys in the playoffs, you you lose a lot of excitement just mm-hmm. in general. So it might be nice just because they've held like a little mini dynasty over the last three years, just dominating the 
um, the conference. But if they're not in there, it's it certainly loses some of some of the appeal. You want the best players and the best teams to make the playoffs. And even if the Chiefs don't look like one of the best teams right now, they have Mahomes, and you want to see him on the biggest stage. Even if they lose in the first round, you just want them to be there. Yeah, that's a selling point. I mean, I honestly disagree. I think that, um, like we were talking about a few episodes ago, about how like the hype moves uh, from player to player every year. Like, mm-hmm. uh, for example, like 20, uh, 2018 was Mahomes, 2019 Lamar. Last year, Rodgers, kind of almost with the MVP. And, like, now you could say, like, Josh Allen's huge. Um, But the NFL playoff structure and the way that it's set up, especially now that they've added in that extra playoff spot, the best teams will make the playoffs. If the Chiefs aren't the best team – if they're the best team or the better team, they will be in the playoffs, in my opinion. Uh, They'll get into the wild card or whatever. But the NFL uh, is very different from, like, college per se because, like, you know – if Bama isn't in there or like the big names aren't in there, a lot of people might not watch it. Uh, but I think in the NFL, like I feel like there's a lot of teams that uh, like the chiefs don't necessarily have to be in it for, to still get garner that hype. In fact, in my opinion, when the big dynasty ish teams aren't in it, I think it's a lot more exciting. It's a lot more open, uh, you know, uh, uh, especially like we're looking at the AFC right now. Like it's so, it's so chaotic and that's what makes it great. And that's what Ben said earlier. Like, if, when the playoffs come around, the AFC is going to be crazy, you know. Like it, it, if it keeps acting like this, you know, who knows what will happen? A wild card team could end up taking it, or so on and so forth. But I think like if Mahomes wasn't in there, I, I do see where you're coming from, though, Micah. To like a casual viewer, like the story I said the other week with my uh, my girlfriend at uh, at school, and like how kids just you know number fifteen Patrick Mahomes, kids love it. But I feel like for casual fans, I do see where you're coming from with that. But I feel like for just football fans in general, they would still watch it if the Chiefs weren't there. Well, that's I, I see what you're saying, but also Mahomes is I think still the best overall player in the league by a lot of people's accounts, even though he's been struggling. And you just want to see what he can do on the biggest stage, even with a bad team. So, like, if they're not good enough, they won't make the playoffs. But, um, you know, even the most diehard fans who would enjoy a Bengals-Browns playoff game, as amazing as that would be to watch, I think I would still want to see the best player show what he can do on the biggest stage. Although, if they don't make it, and it's not looking like they are at the moment. They, they're the 11th best team in the AFC as of right now. They have a 44% um, chance, I believe, to make the playoffs right now. How much? 44%. So less than half. I still think they make it. But if they don't, it would be, it'll be very interesting to see who kind of takes the throne from the AFC. But I want to see, like, in the well, NBA, like, if LeBron missed the playoffs one year, like, that would just, it wouldn't be the same. It would be cool. It just wouldn't be the same. Yeah. Well, I was, I was going to say the, um, cause you, like you said, it's, it's almost exciting to see the non-dominant market teams usurp the, you know, the big market teams in the playoffs. Like I, you know, and I hate to bring up basketball on the football pod, but the Bucks Suns, what a fun, oh, yeah, what a it. fun NBA finals that the, the fact that, yeah. you know, that completely goes against the grain of what is supposed to be like the big market, the big sell in the NBA and seeing two teams that are just well-rounded, well-played, well-functioning teams go off in a seven game series, you know, that's, that's what's so much fun about it right now. 
I mean, it helps us segue into the, you know, the next bit less so on the NFC side, it, you know, that that's really kind of cutting itself into stone a little bit, but the AFC is uh, a mess in terms of who's the, who's the alpha right now. And that just makes it so much fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, again, I understand where Mike is coming from and he does make a good point. Um, I just think that that view is more catered toward like casual viewers of the NFL at the end of the day, I feel like people are still going to get excited for it. Um, I get like Mahomes is probably the best NFL or football player in the NFL. There's no denying it. But at the end of the day, you know, if he don't make the playoffs, like I, if the Chiefs don't make the playoffs, um, yeah, it'd be nice to see him on the play uh, in the in the postseason. I just think that it would still be a really fun, successful postseason without the Chiefs, especially with how much parity there is right now in the AFC. Um, I know we kind of spent a lot of time talking with AFC. They are the more exciting conference and the best conference. Right. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. When was the last time you guys won the Pro Bowl? Oh, that's right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> talking about Pro I Bowl right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> anyway, uh, the yeah. NFC, on the other hand, you know, it's there's not a whole lot. The Cardinals are still undefeated. They're in complete control of the NFC. Um, uh, the Packers are looking pretty good as well. Uh, what are you guys seeing on the NFC? Do you think there's any big movers? Um, or do you think it's starting to kind of play its way out right now, Ben? Remember when we thought the Packers were going to be terrible after week one against the Saints? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we all – well, to be, I, if I'm being honest, I don't think any of us thought that would last, but it was kind of funny to see everybody sort of sit up in their chair a little bit and go, hang on a bit, is this not going to work? <laughs> the Packers and the Cardinals, I think, are running away with it right now. Uh, oh, actually, no, that is, I'm complete. I'm completely wrong. I I caught myself there. I completely forgot about the Bucks and the Rams. Yeah, but the I, I will uh, <laughs> just correct this yourself, is, and we'll correct yourself, and we'll move on. It's fine. I can't do it. All right, that's Sorry. the end of our show. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Shut it down. The Rams, the Rams, the Bucks, the Packers, and the Cardinals are it's a you know it's a four horse race there. Um What about Dallas? Yeah, Dallas. Yes. They're Bottom still one. as 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 fun as Trayvon Diggs is on defense, there's still a few concerns on that side of it that just give the others edges. But I guess you can make the same argument for the Packers. Um I don't know. Maybe, yeah, to be honest, if I'm thinking more about it, maybe the NFC is more exciting than we give it credit for. But I think that the casual fan could even tab each team in like a hierarchy. There there could be more of a consensus ranking in the NFC than there is in the AFC. Because the AFC is like you've seen the best teams go up against each other already. And you thought the Titans were going to get swamped by, you know, the Titans have probably been the hottest team in the AFC right now, but you can't say they're the best team because their defense is their secondary shambolic. So as far as the NFC goes, I think tomorrow is going to be a big telling of how not so much how legit the Packers are, but how legit the Cardinals are. Very big because, test for them. Yeah, and, and I know it is people will come up with the excuses of, oh, well, they didn't have Devontae Adams and they didn't have Lazard even. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, part that, of the game. It is part of it, but, you know, that 
it is more of a testament to like the Packers are still a well done team. They're still a well rounded team. Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, beating Aaron Rodgers is no like normal it's, feat. Yeah, even without Devontae, he can make this work. That's that's the power of an elite quarterback in the NFL. But if if the Cardinals walk away tomorrow with like a handsome victory, that I mean, that to me is kind of the stamp. All right, this is the team to really beat because they did it with the Rams already, and maybe you know every team has an off game. But if you do it, the Rams, the Packers, you know, even the Seahawks, and enter you know a divisional matchup with Russell Wilson at the time, you know that those types of things can really play into your hand. So they will feel red hot after this if they win tomorrow with like at least a two touchdown win right and to add on to your point uh, the cardinals just have to keep winning to kind of like prove everyone else wrong all they get like josh said it's part of the game you play whoever's in front of you you don't really control that um but in terms of like the nfc i feel i still think it's the bucks conference i think the bucks are coming out of the nfc especially after seeing them beat the bears the Bears were my favorite to come out, but after that performance, it's going to be the Brady, Brady and the Bucks. Uh, maybe the Packers when they get healthy, when they get uh, what's their left tackle that they're missing right now, David Bakhtiari. Uh, yeah, Bakhtiari. Once they get him back and Jair Alexander back, I think they'll be solid, and I think they can make a solid playoff push. But I still think it's Bucks coming out of the NFC. I don't see anyone. I guess the Cardinals, but like I'm. St- I'm still on the edge in the Cardinals. I'm one of those people too, because I got to see something. They did, if, they did destroy the Rams, so I would give them that credit. But, but what about the Rams? Because they destroyed the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. Until they start getting Robert Woods more involved, I I don't see so, the Rams. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay all right. Guys. I think this is fantasy related. Let me yeah. <laughs> let me give my two cents real quick. So the Rams, when we did this either last week or two weeks ago, they were my pick to come out of the NFC. I'm gonna stick with them. Um, but one thing I wanted to mention, and Ben started to allude to it, the NFC. There, so there's seven spots in the in the playoffs this year. Six of them seem to be pretty more or less set in the NFC. Cardinals, Bucks, Packers, Cowboys seem to um, have a pretty good stranglehold on their division, except for the Cardinals. Obviously, the Rams are the five seed right now. They're only one game back. So you would assume either the Rams or Cardinals would be the one and then the or the one or the two and then the five. And then the Saints, six. I mean, they haven't looked like dominant, but I think you can pretty comfortably pencil them into the playoffs. And then the seventh seed is like an absolute crapshoot. You have like <laughs> every other team except for the Lions, RIP, um, has a chance at making the playoffs and is only like a game out right now. So I think that's what I'm most interested to see is like what team separates themselves from the bottom and kind of pulls their pulls themselves up into the playoff discussion. And one last thing, I'm looking at the standings right now. Trivia question to the three of you. Which team in the NFL so far this year has had the hardest strength of schedule? So of the teams that they have played so far. Of of so far? So far. Who has the hardest schedule that they've played so far by record up to this point through seven weeks? You don't have to raise your hand on Zoom. You can just say it. (laughs) I'm just trying to be respectful, but I'm 100% going to say the Colts have to be considered. Okay. Joshy? Hmm. 
I honestly, I mean, I was thinking when you initially said it, I thought Colts, and then I honestly did think Bears as well. Uh, but, you know, it might be the Bengals. I don't know. Jared, what do you think? I think it's the Bears because I think coming into the season, we had the third or at least top five, like, the hardest schedules. I know the Colts was above us, so I think it's one of those two teams. All right. Well, we're talking about the NFC right now, so that should have cut your possible answers in half. <laughs> um, the Colts have a strength of schedule below 500, so I'm not sure where that that answer was coming from. A 458 <laughs> strength of schedule. Is this far. is this depending on like current records right now? Yeah, through seven okay. weeks. I, I was saying be, like preseason before. Oh no no no! It's yeah. just the the combined oh, records of the seven teams the Colts have played is 458, and the number one hardest schedule is the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. 653. That's insane. Their, <laughs> their winning percentage of their opponents, and they're three. You want a cookie about it? I kinda. I want to cry. 653, right. and that's what they play the Lions, who haven't had right. winning percentage of zero. <laughs> so that's all I gotta say is the Bears have have performed okay. They looked bad, but they put. Picked up some quality wins despite a hard schedule, and the Rams are coming out of the NFC. I think, uh, just to wrap this up, uh, I wonder if you guys, like Micah kind of said it too, but like, I honestly, the top six or the six, one through six spots in both conferences, I could easily see those teams just keeping those spots, and with the seventh being the only toss up, I really don't see any of these teams moving out of those top six spots. So if there's going to be one hot take, I'll, I'll, I'll say right now is I'll say all the six teams, one through six right now in the standings will be in those spots in some order with the seventh seed, obviously being some toss up with uh, a random team. But I don't see any of these teams moving out of the, out of the playoff that are already in there. What about because the Raiders? I, I definitely would see the Raiders winning their division. I mean, the Broncos kind of suck. Kansas City's not playing well. Um, have they played them yet? No. No, they've got two. But they always play the Chiefs well. They play the Chiefs yeah. well. And they've already uh, they've already taken an L to the Chargers, but the Chargers aren't looking but the Chargers are still a good team, but I feel like uh those two those two AFC West teams could definitely still stay in it. AFC South, I Tennessee's definitely gonna wrap that conference up. Buffalo in the e- east. Hey. Um <laughs> and then I think two AFC North teams, the Bengals and the Ravens, because the Browns, they're a mess. Injuries, hurt. especially, yeah. and the Pittsburgh is just overrated as as usual. Um, but Let's yeah, see. Colts getting that seventh seed. All right, yeah, Easy I mean, cook. I can see it. They're at ten, they're in tenth right now, three and four. So, all right, moving on. Um, I think Gotta we hit that. that. Yeah, we did. Uh, but that's important stuff, though. Um, but we'll definitely hit on it as it gets closer to playoff time. Here's a big a big topic that's been going uh, throughout the week is Deshaun Watson situation. We've heard Dolphins. We heard Panthers. We heard a three-way trade that was sending Tua to Washington. We heard all this stuff. We don't even know if he's going to be able to play. I saw Roger Goodell said something the other day. I didn't get a chance to read it, unfortunately. Um, and then I saw, uh, was it yesterday, that the Panthers officially said they were, like, tapping out, but... Knowing teams, they like to say that, and it may not always be true. But uh, I guess my question to you guys is, where do you think he's going to go? If he does go there, um, will he be? do you think he'll be able to play? And if so, um, how much of an impact do you think he's going to make on said team? Uh, Jared, what do you think? Um, so I think 
first off, I think he's going to the Dolphins. I think that's pretty much set in stone. Don't don't sleep or forget about the Panthers. I know they said that they are not pursuing Deshaun Watson, but how do you go out and say that? Because obviously Yo, Sam, Sam Darnold, Darnold's there or die. <laughs> Sam Darnold is struggling, but you traded for this guy. And if you want him to, you know, become like competitive again, want him to help your team win right now, you don't go out and say that, oh, we're looking to replace our quarterback that we just traded for. So I think they are still like behind the door, still in the race. But I, I think he's going to Miami. And I do think he'll be able to play because I didn't read too much further into it, but I did saw what you saw about uh, Goodell saying that there's not enough to put him on the commissioner's exempt list. So I think he will be able to play until like other information comes out about those cases, but there's not enough information to put him on that list. So there's no other reason why he sh- can't play. And I think if he goes to the Dolphins and he gets accum- uh, is it accumulated into or acclimated, acclimated into it? Thank you. Acclimated. Acclimated into it, into that system, I think I think that's a really great offense for him. And he can really thrive in there and really make – is Will Fuller playing? Is he hurt? He's still, still hurt. Still but, hurt. but either way, Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddle, Gesicki. Mike Gesicki. Mike Gesicki. Yeah. I guess Gaskin. Don't forget, best, don't forget their best. Thank you. Don't forget their best. <laughs> but he's got weapons there, arguably better weapons than they had outside of, you know, D-Hop in Houston. So – I think it'd be a really great move for the Dolphins and they should be very aggressive about it. So I think this is going to be more of a story in the coming weeks. The problem is he, I mean, the legal situation, while it's still kind of up in the air, I think teams are, somebody would have traded for him already if they were actually like looking to deal him. And then this wasn't like an issue. I think think Houston was just being stubborn about it though earlier. I think just now, like recently there, Okay, let's trade him. Yeah, well, that's part of it. And then the other thing that I was going to say at first is he has a no trade clause and he's only waived it for the Dolphins. Like he's a okay to go there. So that kind of limits where the Texans can look. And I don't think he's waived it for the Panthers. And that might be partially why they backed out. Who knows? But I think once like the trade deadline gets a little bit closer, the Texans, um, might open their minds a little bit more. And then more importantly, the Dolphins, Panthers, whoever else would be in the sweepstakes would start to, you know, pile on some extra picks that they wouldn't do earlier in the season. So, um, and then also, you know, maybe it won't happen because there's still that like hanging, you know, cloud over, will he end up being able to play, even though it looks like maybe he will, you know, it's still an unknown. And if you're going to give up, three draft picks and a couple starters or two or something, you need to make, make sure that he's going to play, even though I guess, or maybe not. I don't know. The Dolphins aren't really in the playoff race right now. So who knows? Yeah, they but, can tank the rest of the season and have Deshaun Watson ready for next year. That's true. Exactly. So who knows? But um, I think it'll be more of a story in the coming weeks. For right now, we just don't have a ton to go off of. I think he's going to the Dade Correctional Facility. That's my my <laughs> guess. No, I'm just I'm just kidding. Um, I know you guys were bringing up weapons that he would have in Miami, but I'm going to go out on a limb here and say if Deshaun by chance is able to play and goes to Carolina, you have to consider them for like a deep playoff run. the The defense they have there, and if 
you know, by some miracle he does play, Deshaun Watson could unlock DJ Moore. Maybe he could even make Robbie Anderson look like the Robbie Anderson of old from last year. You have viable options, at least, at, you know, Tommy Tremble at tight end. They have a decent, and then... Ian Thomas CMC, out of IU. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, love to, I'd love to go. I'd love to go with the homer, but I think I have to be realistic here. Yeah. Tommy Tremble has also been kind of their their viable option there. But CMC, he comes back healthy. If he Deshaun CMC, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Tommy Tremble, and that defense, you have to put them in a playoff conversation. Oh, easily. I agree so with you on that. I I know that Miami looks like a very a very enticing option, but Carolina would be disgusting with Deshaun Watson or Denver. Denver's not talked about enough. And maybe I you know I don't exactly know how it feels, but if you have someone like Jerry Judy then a deep threat like Cortland, Cortland Sutton with Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, Noah Fant and you know some of the pieces on that defense, he revolutionizes teams that he could possibly go to. Every team that has been talked about, you put in a viable quarterback not even a viable quarterback. You put Deshaun you know, Watson in there. You put Deshaun Watson in there. That team has to be considered as a Super Bowl contender I because think, everything uh, is in place. I think we can agree that when Deshaun Watson's playing football, he's top five quarterback in the league, hands down. Mm-hmm. Just his versatility, his athleticism. Um, he Decision making. Yeah, uh, he's never had a good O-line at, in Houston. Uh, they've always been god-awful. Um, he did have D hop though, luckily. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's still, uh, just to bring it real in, he is facing, uh, I think it's 22 counts of sexual 22. assault. So it's 22, 22 civil so. criminal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, uh, regardless, um, you kind of brought it up with Denver. Uh, but I wanted to ask you guys real quick, uh, what team, what, like, if there was a, a team we haven't talked about yet that you can see making a move for him, like total shocker out of nowhere, what team do you think would, would do it? Oh, Chicago Bears. <laughs> no. We have Justin Fields. No. Sorry, Deshaun. You missed your window. Um, I, I'm going to throw out the Washington football team. I was also going to say Washington. Yes, because that's, that's a good one. Even though they kind of like what Taylor Heineke is doing in Washington, he's just not the quarterback of the future for that franchise. Did you guys watch that Packers game? Because he, he, he fumbled that bag. He fumbled that win. He had. I think it was a just run in. Yeah, it was a fourth just, down or a third just down. Just run in. Third down, he had it, and he was running in towards the end zone, free, untouched. No one was going to touch him, and he slides, and they call him down right before he crosses the yeah, goal line. I that changes that. the dynamic of the game. The thing is, he didn't even have to slide. He could have rolled face first in, and no it would have been fine. Him. He would have been he fine. Just, he could have Lamar Jackson slid. into the end <laughs> <Yeah>. zone. <laughs> as soon as you slide, you, you're you're down. Like you're giving up, yourself, dude. You could have yeah. you could have laid down sideways and like rolled in, and you would have <laughs> been fine. <laughs> but um, I like that Washington. Anyone else got like a like a crazy one? Um, I was going to say my real quick. Yeah, say yours. I want to say this is a wild one though. But what if we saw uh, Seattle? Ship out I Russ. Thought about that. Ship out Russ and get Deshaun in. DK yeah, Metcalf. Yeah, but why would they do that? Is Deshaun Watson that much better than Russell Wilson? Like that doesn't fix their other several other issues. Their main issue is Pete Carroll right now, but I think I get that. But is Russ still going to be the running option for, uh, no. for the foreseeable future? I feel like a better Deshaun investment would be Deshaun Watson. Exactly. And Russ just banged up his finger. I know it's not. And this is my wild 
this is just a wild guess, all right? It's not probably not going to happen. <laughs> but if he went to Seattle, I just feel like that would reinvigorate that offense. And um, I'm not hating. I'm not a Russ hater by any means. I love Russ. Russell Wilson. He's a great quarterback. Uh, but you know what? If Seattle just went, you know what? If if they felt it was time to move on from him and to get Deshaun Watson, I feel like that would be like if, if that if that was if that's a I feel like that's the best move for them if they wanted to move on from Russell Wilson because to get the, uh, Deshaun Watson, especially with those young uh, with DK with Lockett, um, like that just crazy. But why that's would my the Texans? Why would the Texans want Russell Wilson? They, well, Josh is not necessarily saying <laughs> he's not necessarily saying trade Russell Wilson to him to the. So Texans. you're going to trade for Deshaun Watson and then have Russell Wilson be the backup quarterback? No, well, no, it this would be is, a three team trade if anything. If anything, because Russ would not. Go it's to under Houston. the assumption right now that this is Russ's last year in Seattle, especially if they don't do anything, if they don't make the playoffs, if they don't win in the first round. Why would Russ stay? Do you think that that that's another question? Do you think that because you said it was a uh, it was a toss up with the seventh seed in the NFC? If Russ comes back by week ten, do you think they have a chance to make that seventh seed? No, they're not winning a game with Geno Smith, unfortunately. So they're going to be in a big hole. Yeah, I don't see that happening. I still think Russ can pull them out. I just I don't know. I think that there's some miracle that he could just pull them out. I the think problem- there's if anybody's going to do it, and that. And the one thing I'll say about the Deshaun Watson thing is Deshaun Watson's amazing, but you, the the deep ball connection that Russ has with like Tyler That's Lockett, DK Metcalf, I've never seen someone throw a deep ball as perfect as Russell Wilson. Do, do you remember um, if I'm Deshaun? Being 100% honest, it is bread basket every single time oh, when it comes to Tyler you, Lockett kind of thing. But do you not remember like the D hop Deshaun deep ball? It's it was beautiful. It was automatic. And like, could you imagine like Deshaun Watson deep ball with DK, a younger Yikes. guy? Dude, I feel, like we're, dirty. I feel like we're disrespecting Russ a little bit here. Russ has the best deep ball in the NFL. Russ is the best deep yeah. ball. That's non-negotiable. So but, like, yeah. he's going to downgrade at the deep ball to get a little bit younger and trade. But that's not players. that's not that How big of a downgrade, he? though. That's not a big. How no. old is he again? He's in his thirty-two. Late thirty. Oh, he's thirty-two. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah he's saying, not, 30, he's not like thirty-seven. Ball. You're saying, oh, get get oh, Sean Watson in here for the deep ball connection. It's it's not as good of a deep ball as Russ has. Well, I think from Josh's thinking, I think. It's just Russ is not going to be here next year. So why not go and make a trade for Deshaun Watson? That's fine. I just don't think that the Texans would ever do that because then you'd have to bring in a third team. And then I don't even think the Seahawks have the draft capital to do that. They don't have the capital either. And they need to, they need to. I get... said we don't have the facilities. Yeah. <laughs> they also, they have like several other needs. They need help on the O line, they need help on defense. And you don't get help there yeah. by marginally upgrading your quarterback and trading picks you don't have so but okay. it would be um, interesting to see Deshaun Watson there again this was my wild card pick that was <laughs> supposed to be realistic it was mostly me just fantasizing Deshaun Watson well over DK <laughs> yeah thanks my I like Josh <laughs> okay I like all that. right I think we beat this I think we move on from this one though but uh yeah this you is something two dead, dead horses <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, moving on to the next one, one that we missed out on talking uh, last week um, is the Lions and Dan Campbell. Now, I'm not sure if you guys watched this game or not, but holy shit, that play calling was insane. Aggressive. Stuff, it, very aggressive. I loved it. They, uh, they uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. They had the ball first, correct? Start off the game. Yes. 
They went down. They scored a touchdown, or was it a field mm-hmm. goal? Touchdown, DeAndre Swift. And then the ensuing kickoff, they just go for an onside, and they get it. And then they go down, and they score again. And we're all just sitting there like, what is the Lions doing right yeah. now? It's like after shitting on, <laughs> yeah, after shitting on Micah's pick. And then throughout the game, <laughs> faking punts. They did it twice, and twice. they successfully did it twice. Um, DeAndre Swift was looking phenomenal. Um, but in the end, you know, the better team did prevail in the Rams. But um, Not by 14, this, though. Not by, not by 14. <laughs> not by 14. Mike, I will Sorry. apologize. I will apologize. Yeah, I got a lot of shit for that. Yes, you did. <laughs> they came but, out and they Dan Campbell. They came out and they played. Dan Campbell. Exactly what but I, I guess I guess what we want to talk about is I think the play calling is definitely representative of what he – like he's trying to do anything he can to get this team a win, and you got to respect it. Uh, but I just want to know – do. Are we going to see this every week now? And um, also, what are your thoughts on, you know, being bold like that when you're 0-6, uh, or 0-7, correct? 0-7 now. So um, what are your guys' thoughts on how he's doing it? Uh, and do you think we see more of it until they get that, Dub? I do. Sorry, really quick. I do think we're going to see that. I don't think it's going to be that blatant. If you're 0-6, you're facing the Rams, and that was in Los Angeles, or was that in Detroit? It was in LA. It was in Los So you're just like, I just kind of sit there and let Matthew Stafford just absolutely destroy you like everybody expected, except for me, because I had faith in the Lions. But um, I feel bad for Dan Campbell, because he's a good coach, and he's doing what he can. And the the roster that they have is bad, but it's not 0-7 bad. It's just not. They should have picked up a win or two here and there. Um, you feel for the guy who's just like literally wears his heart on his sleeve and is trying so hard to get them out of mediocrity and not even he can do it. But um, I don't know how many games they win this year just because Jared Goff is going to Jared Goff. I don't know how many fake punts onside kicks is going to do that with them, but I, I applaud the effort from, from Dan Campbell and the Lions. I think – well. Oh yeah, real quick, Ben. I think I think Dan Campbell is going to be. I don't. I want. I, want, I don't want to say even more aggressive from here on out because I think it was just a terms of a response game because he called out Jared Goff, and it was True. against the Rams. So first, it's going to be very emotional, very high stakes for Jared Goff. So I think he really wanted to put his best foot forward for him to give him the best opportunity to win. But you're 0-7. Like, why not be aggressive, like, on every possession, you know? And then maybe when he gets that win, maybe he tones it down a bit, tries to coach players and tries to evaluate skill to see who will be here next year kind of thing. But I think why not be aggressive? Go for every fourth down, go for every fake punter your heart desires because I love what Dan Campbell's doing and I love the culture he's building in Detroit. Yeah. It's just unfortunate that it's in Detroit and he has Jared yeah. Goff. Mm-hmm. Ben? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Dan Campbell is the best damn Owen seven coach I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. That man. So <laughs> truth. a lot of, I, Micah, I actually have to disagree. I really don't think this roster is, I think this roster is 0-7. I think that's why they are. But the fact that you have a team that is pushing the Ravens to put Justin Tucker 
in a position where even he has to test True. himself is a testament <laughs> to what Dan, Dan Campbell can lose every single game this year, maybe like 15 and one and 15 next year or one and 16 next year. And still, I think the line should not give up, give up on him. I think that that guy is putting a passion back into football in a city that is so desperate for it. He is, I'd follow that man through like through the gates of hell and just watching him kind of put everything that he has into this team and give them spark, give them life, give them something that they, that aggressive play calling, you have to be confident in those decisions to do that. And the fact that the team went like practically every other drive was like, yeah, let's fake punt it or let's onside kick it. Let's just take the punch him in the mouth. Like they can't expect this from us. Bite their kneecaps. Yeah. Like literally he is, he is putting this team in positions to win the moment they can add a little bit more quality to what he brings to the table. This team could be so much fun to watch because you can tell right now with Jared Goff, who's not that great. Uh, you know, who's their number one wide receiver. They have TJ Hawkinson. They have Deandre Swift. They have Jamal Williams. That's, and then Panay Sewell, fine. Uh, actually, they have a decent O line, but they have That's no a wide a receiver. receiver for uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown. Yeah. No one you're writing home about. But no one you're really like Tyrell Williams was supposed to be their wide receiver one coming into this year. This team is fun. This team is going to continue to be fun because they're just going to, you know, come next year they should be adding more they should be adding more quality in the draft they should be adding in kids that and the thing is the last thing i'll say i'll keep it brief is with what dan is putting into this team people are going to want to play for him it's not going to be like oh i don't want to play in you know people oh i just got drafted by detroit i you know i don't really want to go there the culture's wrong people are going to think to themselves this is a guy that i can get behind this is a this is a coach that is going to push me to be a better me. So I think it's awesome. I, I as much as an zero and seven season is tough tough to stomach, I think that he's doing everything That's like that he could. Why don't you just marry him, Ben? Yeah, why don't you just marry him? <laughs> you just um, he, he doesn't respond to my emails. <laughs> I'll just say this: uh, NFL is an entertainment league. It is a win now league. A lot of coaches get into these uh, dilapidated franchises, and if they cannot perform immediately, they get the can. And we've seen a lot of good coaches who have promise that sometimes are not able to get the uh, their success rolling in a way um, uh, before they're they're axed. And I think that he's going about it the right way because of him wearing his heart on his sleeve, the way that he, you know, is getting hyped up and everything. One, uh, the players love him. So like the franchise, the organization itself, you know, you can't go against that. The player, the players are loving him right now. And he's showing that initiative to like make Detroit something is very profound. And I think that's going to help him keep his job, even barring, uh, even if they go winless this year, honestly. Um, I, I love the play calling. Um, I love it when, you know, uh, you guys both said it best, you know, you're 0, you're 0 and 7, you're, you haven't won a game, you're playing one of the best teams in the NFC, why the fuck not? Go for it. Go be aggressive. And 
I like what Jared said. Like, I, 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 I do see them doing this until they get a win. And why not? You know, like, and I think the guys and the players can respect that too. It's like he wants to win so bad. He's willing to fake, uh, fake, fake multiple uh, fourth uh, punts in a game, onside kick it against his team, and, you know, just, just be, just be, uh, uh, fearless, you know, and just yeah. do, just do it. And I feel like, that's going to gravitate a lot of players. And like Ben said, like going into the draft this year, regardless of what happens, you can't tell me that like some kid, you know, get drafted in the first round is not going to be hyped about playing for Dan Campbell, honestly, because to me, I'd be, I'd be more than ecstatic to go play for a guy like that. Uh, But yeah, um, I I love it. I I love seeing it. Um, I don't agree with everything that he says. Sometimes Uh, he was kind of petty after the Bengals loss. Uh, but at the same time, you know, when he was getting all upset over the Vikings' tough loss, like you got to, you got to love it. You got to love it. I mean, I'd call out Jared Goff too. So we're not Jared Goff's. We, we've been saying Jared Goff's bad for years, but I digress. Um, <laughs> they have a uh, the roster's not good, but DeAndre Swift looks so good. DeAndre Swift is looking every bit He's of the running back that they thought they were taking in the draft a couple of years ago. On that note, could you imagine not taking having the Opportunity to take the first running back in the draft and not taking DeAndre Swift or J.K. Dobbins or Jonathan Taylor or A.J. Dillon or even James Robinson or, you know, the list goes on. And you land on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, so Clyde was taken first with pick uh, the 32nd pick in the first round. He's 5'8". He was on the national championship offense setting Offense or record-setting offense on LSU, and we're kind of talking about this in our text uh, today. I uh, um, I think that the Chiefs may have uh, bought into the uh, national championship hype per se, or the LSU hype. Um, I think that's why they liked what they saw per se with with Ceh. I mean that that offense was ran through Burrow 100%. Not saying that uh, uh, Mahomes isn't as good as Burrow, but that that college offense, you know, operated in a way that that allowed CEH to thrive, and they were just a dominant team, one of the best lines in the in the country that year. Um, tons of talent on the outside, pulling defenders away. Go Tigers! Um, but nah, yeah. <laughs> but CEH, I mean, we we're all kind of like shocked by it, and Kunis brought it up too. You know, like the hype or the media kind of like tried to validate it in a way too. Uh, but you cannot sit there and say that CEH is a better running back than Swift, JK, James Robinson, JT, AJ Dillon, and uh, Cam Akers. So many, so many talented running backs that are doing, that are being really successful compared to him. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Chiefs Sorry. just kind of got caught up in that hype. What's that? Antonio, Antonio Gibson as well. Forgot Antonio. Oh, yeah. And, and Antonio Gibson. I mean, like. Zach Moss. <laughs> like, Zach Moss. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, that's okay, 2020... I think I'd rather have Clyde than Zach Moss. Maybe. It's just uh... like. It's just. But Zach Moss was like either. I think he was a late second. I had it up in a, a second ago. I think it was a third round pick. You don't take running backs in the first round anyway, unless it's like a Saquon. And even then. Or like, Najee. Second pick of the draft. Like. Zach Moss was third round pick uh, 86. So Zach Moss and CEH from a talent perspective, you could argue are relatively the same and they're going to take one in the first round. So that um, they're picking 32nd. So you just won the Super Bowl. Is a running back really the thing that's going to keep you at a Super Bowl level? It's like, 
the defense, they knew the defense wasn't that great. They could have taken any of the defenders. O-line. O-line has been a, a need for them for a while. Receiver was a was an, um, a need for them. After Tyreek, they had Tyreek and Kelsey and then, like, Sammy Watkins. Um, but he was Cole on a weird deal. Mecole. Demarius um, Robinson. Byron yeah. Pringle. The next three picks after Clyde, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, DeAndre Swift. Can you imagine the Chiefs with any of those three guys right wow. now? It's oh, my just, gosh. And like they wasted, it's not only they wasted a pick on a running back. As a NFL draft fan, I don't like taking running backs in the first round. That shouldn't be your first pick. If you're going to, you've got to make sure that it's the best one, especially if it's the first running back off the board. And they have like the fifth, sixth, seventh best running back off the board. So, and look at them now. They're three and four. Could you imagine a good running back or a good receiver or like some secondary help or an O-line right now? And that those kind of picks is what sinks your franchise. Just ask the Bears. Ask any of the franchises that are struggling right now with, with the depth issues. Why did you just name just the Bears? Because he also, <laughs> because we know he also fumbled away a win. He also fumbled away a win in a clutch moment. He did fumble away a good team. They could be four and three with a win against the Ravens. The Ravens would be four and three too. It just changes their entire season. Yep. yep. Imagine the Chiefs with a bruiser like J.K. Dobbins or Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. I just as as kind of straightforward as we've been about this conversation. I was just imagining it right now that would genuine there would be no issues with the chiefs right now i think if they saw their running game with just an absolute bruiser game changer like j2 or jk dobbins or someone like that or deandre swift i don't know if, if those guys would fit as well on the chiefs as they do on their teams now the i is perfect is perfect the chief their process was we want a guy that can catch passes well out of the backfield. And JT and JK can do that. But CEH was like billed as the best pass catching back. They just like didn't use him. DeAndre Swift is like. DeAndre Swift's the best pass DeAndre catching Swift back out of like that class. Be a receiver. Like imagine yeah. DeAndre Swift out of the backfield with Patrick Mahomes. Like that, I think, out of any of those guys would be the best fit for the Chiefs offense. When they had Kareem Hunt. Um, Damien Williams for like, you know, and he, he had a pretty good season during their Super Bowl run. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you, if you put a guy like Jake, like pretty much any running back have success on the Chiefs with Mahomes and that offense, I think you'd rather a more elusive shifty back than a JT or a JK plot up the middle, but that would open up um, a different dimension. Just having I, a yeah, I was game. about to say, I think that just changes everything about the Chiefs that everybody anticipates because at the end of the day, it looks, it almost feels like people have figured them out a bit. If you add in something that no one expects, they're saying, oh, yeah, we want this pass catcher. But you put in an absolute bruiser who can catch passes like JT, you know, uh, DeAndre Swift. You have no idea what to expect. And that offensive line, the, the revamping that they've done at this point, like this year, that that would open up so much more than I think Clyde does right now. Because Clyde just plays into their passing play. If you can go between the gaps with the Chiefs, that you have no idea what to do. That so, just that, but that keeps their that keeps their sort of jet sweep trick play playbook a little fresher because you know, okay, our you know our unique play style, you kind of figured out. Let's run it down your throat 
with someone who is very tough to stop. Like imagine if, again, this may be almost too outside of a fit, but if Andy Reid made it work, imagine if like you tried to stop AJ Dillon, you know, if they drafted AJ Dillon in like the second or the third round, instead of going with Clyde in the first and added in like an additional weapon in the first. I think that would be nuts. I think because so. It, because it challenges the Chiefs to change what they're doing because everybody seems to be figuring them out. Okay. Well, you, so I don't think they've really figured the Chiefs out. And you mentioned their revamped offensive line. Their offensive line has been terrible, like garbage. Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I think Patrick's holding it too long. Uh, no, Patrick is no. his life every single play because he has no time. It's like I, I watch the Bears, and then if I'm not watching the Bears, I'm watching the Chiefs, and it's like a carbon copy. They have no time, and Mahomes is doing more with. And Mahomes has Tyreek and Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid, not Matt Nagy, but the offensive line is is pretty equally bad, and the running game is just not there, partially because of that, and partially because they're just like. Like there's no time. They just send four guys every. The defense sends four guys every play. You can stack the box with. I guess sending seven guys isn't stacking the box, but you can rush four every play and be comfortable that you're going to get Mahomes under pressure. And then they can't do anything. That's what I tried telling people when we traded Orlando Brown Jr. to him. He's not a pass blocker, which is what their offense is. He's a run blocker. And they're trying to force him to do pass blocking. He's getting absolutely smoked, along with all the other guys in that line. But to bring out, like, Ben's point, um, what's been the biggest problem with the Chiefs' offense? Mahomes either missing passes or players dropping the ball. If you have a dominant white, a dominant running back, a guy like Swift, a guy like Jonathan Taylor, who can bruise it, that opens up a whole, like Brent said, a whole other dimension to your offense. You can rely on the run in order to fix the pass. You can't just rely on the pass full time. And CEH is not a three down back. He ain't gonna bruise it up the middle every single time. And when he does, he he's getting bullied. He's he's five eight. He's not a powerful runner. He um, baby. And I think the yeah the biggest I think the best the best offense or not the best offense but the most well balanced offense and it's not even the most I'd say it'd be like the Cowboys because they have an elite passing quarterback. They have Zeke Elliott who isn't even playing that well, but Tony Pollard is. But we do have a we do have a three down back. And they have tons of talent at wide receiver. If you put a guy like Dalvin or Kamara or Derrick Henry on that on that uh, Kansas City offense, just having a dominant running back like that just completely changes. It allows you to rely on something else other than just the pass. And um, I think the Cowboys is one is one team that kind of I know, I know Zeke isn't like how he used to be, but uh, he's still Zeke. He's still a powerful runner. If they're not if they can't get done with the pass, they can start feeding him and Tony Pollard, and it'll be successful with that. Um, but yeah, I see what Ben is saying, and I agree. Uh, there's so much talent in that in that 2020 running running back class, and I feel like a lot of guys. Um, I know me and Ben, we have our agreement that we don't. I won't. I won't give shit to Jonathan Taylor. He won't give shit to J.K. We just hate on Ceh together. <laughs> it's a mutual thing. It's just I think we're both happy that we have ridiculous running backs now, and we didn't take Clyde. And we, we and Jared are also happy that we have David Montgomery. Love and, and Khalil oh my Herbert. God, so good. And Khalil so Herbert. Good. And Khalil. Yeah, we got and Khalil Herbert. We gotta and give Khalil Herbert his, his dues. Bears have yes. three running backs better than the Chiefs. All right, another three for three feeding a dead horse. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, this is why on. we put all the fun conversations <laughs> first. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, here's a good one though. Buccaneers cruise to an easy win over the Chicago Bears this weekend. 
We'll keep this Tom one Brady please. throws, please. throws <laughs> his 600th career touchdown. Mike Evans, who didn't realize it was the 600th, uh, casually tosses it up into the into the stands, and a fan caught it. Come to find out, uh, an aide told him later that, or, or a staff member told him that it was the 600th ball. They got a hold of the guy, and I believe he got a signed jersey from Mike Evans and Tom Brady. Yeah, uh, two season- from Tom. Two from Tom. He also got Mike Evans' game-worn cleats that were also signed. He got uh, tickets to the rest of the home games for this year and season tickets for next year. And last I heard, Brady said that he was also going to send them some more stuff. Oh, $8,000. Yes, a Bitcoin and $1,000 worth of credit for the team store. Um, So I guess I just want to ask you guys, all that's fucking awesome, but... Would you guys uh, have kept the ball? Because considering uh, there might be some more value to that, but what do you guys think? What do you? What would you do? And do you think he made the right decision? I am running the hell out of there as soon as I get that ball. <laughs> Ain't no way I'm giving that ball back. Because I, I think I saw that the ball was would have been at least listed uh, 500k. 500. Yep. Yep. He could have easily gotten more for that too, but. A 500k minimum is not worth the stuff he got. A thousand dollars towards their store credit. Yeah, they give you a thousand dollars for you to spend on their merchandise. Congrats. A thousand dollars. We'll give you a thousand dollars to spend on us. Yeah. <laughs> Congrats. Well, hold on. But what about the signed jersey? It's still a Tom Brady autographed yeah. jersey. It's great. From the game like he threw the 600th touchdown. I think so. Overall, everything we said was right. But the just back to back, the hall was. Two jerseys, two signed jerseys plus a signed helmet from Brady, a signed mm-hmm. Mike Evans jersey plus his game worn cleats, the throwaway thousand dollar gift card. Like, what are you going to do with a thousand dollar gift card when you have all this shit anyway? Yeah. And then two season sixty thousand dollars in a Bitcoin. Hold on, I'm getting you know to how it. much Bitcoin two you could buy with five hundred k. Hold on, <laughs> two season tickets for the rest of this year and two season tickets for all of next year plus a Bitcoin. I think. That's a pretty decent haul. You can say five hundred thousand, whatever, but they are not letting you leave that stadium with the ball. And if Tom Brady is asking you for his six hundredth touchdown ball, the guy was like negotiating with him a little bit. He's like, at first, he was like, "I'm not giving it up," and then the staffer was like, "Look, Tom is asking for it. We will give you whatever you want, please." And the guy was like, "Yeah." The guy was like, "Look." I just got lucky to be there and just happened to be there at the right time when Mike Evans threw me the ball. So I'm not going to say no to Tom Brady. And everybody likes to say it when now that they've had a chance to think about it. But if you're sitting there in the first row and you catch a football and it's like one of the most historic footballs in the history of the game. Probably the most valuable football. Yeah, and everybody's looking at you. And now you're just like, I don't know what the heck I'm asking for. You're gonna First of all, you're going to give it to him because you're going to get booed out of the stadium if you don't. Yeah, maybe he could have negotiated for something better. I personally would have asked for season tickets for the rest of my life. I think that would have that would have done it for me. Um, but, um, yeah, what do you guys? Well, think? he's trying to play uh, golf with Tom. They're trying to get a, a golf day set up. So on top of all that, the one of the biggest things he asked was, "Is like I just want to play golf with Tom." That is the cherry on top for me. I and if I I'm terrible at golf. I'm pretty sure none of us play golf. If we were given the option to golf with Tom Brady, I think we all would. 
I'd rather take season tickets for the rest of my life. But I, can see where he's, I can see where he's coming from. That is more of a testament to your golf yeah. skills than I think it is the experience to go with Tom Brady. Hey, I'm pretty shit, but I just don't like Tom Brady. <laughs> the issue is Jared. with that, though. As soon as he gave away the ball, all leverage is gone. Like They could just yeah, give him the stuff they too. promised and just say, fuck you. Yeah, But it's hard to uh, leverage something that's not yours. And, and I mean, it is yours. Right, no, it's yours. Mike Evans gave it to you. It's yours. Like I said, it's, it's, I, it's, how are you going to say no? Right how are you going to say no, Tom Brady? And a, a full stadium is looking at you like this is this is a very historic ball. And, and I was going to. You're, you're not just going to walk out of the stadium with it. They're not. I'm, I'm running. It. But maybe but. if you maybe if you, <laughs> like if he really like held on to, he's like nope, 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 nope. He's going to look bad. You know. I understand. Yeah. Well, I. I don't think I, I try to put it. I looked at it and like put myself in the, the same shoes, except for like, you gotta realize he's still a fan. Like for me, it's like, okay, what if I was in that same situation? I'm at a Ravens game. Lamar breaks some career crazy record. He, and you know, Hollywood tosses me the ball. And I, to me, <laughs> I wouldn't run off with it. I want to give it back. Um, again, I kind of like what uh, Ben was saying, like, uh, first of all, I, I think I read too that they actually have to every time they throw a ball up in the stands, they have to pay a fine for it. They actually get fined every time they toss a ball, even if they throw it, toss it, or give it to someone. Mm-hmm. They have to pay for that ball, a fine to the NFL. It's not something huge, you know. I, I don't know the exact amount, um, but they still they they basically pay off that ball. Um, but I look at it as this: I it, to to me, we can be like, oh yeah, you know, like all that stuff, whatever. But he's a Buccaneers fan. Everything that he got, as a, if it was like all Raven stuff, like I'd be like fucking ecstatic over it. I'd love it. I'd love all the autograph stuff. Season tickets alone would sell me. I mean, uh, to me, I would I would do it because one, um, I guess we're I guess we're looking at it as like I don't like Tom Brady a whole lot either, so I wouldn't want to give it to him. But if it was like Lamar, there's no way. If he asked me, I would. There would be no. I'd be like, yes, yes, sir. Here you go. <laughs> You have, you take it. It's your ball. You broke an amazing. Hold on, let me polish it for you. It's got <laughs> a little dirty on the field. He's like, hi. Yes. I'm like, yes. I'm just kind of like reeling it in, like from a, his fan perspective. Like this guy's a Buccaneers fan. He got a lot of cool shit. And like Brady said, there was more stuff to come. And like you brought up, I didn't know about the golf thing. I, I guarantee you, it's not just going to be that at the end of the day. They might do some other stuff for him. Uh, I'll you take Brady. Care. Yeah. yeah. But to me, I I would I would have gave it up. Um, but then again, I'm not a Buccaneers fan, so I probably would have done what Jared did and try to run out with it too. If I if I'm a Ravens fan, so, you know, if I was there like that day and got it, I'd be like, you know, maybe I can get away with it because I don't want no bunch of Buccaneers shit like fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I get that too. I was gonna say that yeah, he's a Bucks fan in like the front row at a Bucks game right now, which I'm I'm sure are pretty expensive. So I'm he probably doesn't need the five hundred K, so he's just gonna take what he gets. Because, you know, like Micah said, he's lucky to be where he was to get that ball from Mike Evans. But I don't know. I, I guess if it is Justin Fields, yeah, it'd be a different or like story. Khalil, what if it was like Khalil Max, like God. career <laughs> sack and career sack, pick up the ball, you know, well, or he thing. sacks. No, he sacks someone. They pick up the ball, take it for a touchdown. And then that guy, like Jalen Johnson, like, he just tosses it up in a stance and you catch it. And then Khalil oh. Max, like, I want that back. If and he Khalil gives you, Mack. And Khalil Mack gives you all that stuff. Are you giving him the ball back? Like the same exact stuff. Like season tickets, signed jerseys, Bitcoin. Would you do that? Well, if Khalil Mack approached me face-to-face wanting that ball back, I would probably pay him to yeah. get the ball back. <laughs> I would be intimidated as hell. Just sack Khalil Mack walked no, that, that, That's the thing. 
if if it was when Justin Fields throws his 600th touchdown ball, and oh I can, and I can <laughs> Darnell Mooney in the second row or the first row, I will gladly take all of this stuff. But he needs to come grab it from me personally. Yeah, I want to meet like, Justin. Oh, Fields. yeah, I agree with that. And you, I would you do make that. Him come get it. You can take half so of this stuff can... away. Make him come get it from me and take a picture <laughs> doing it. And I would, I would. I, I'll give it to him on a platter. You got you to rip it out of my, my cold, dead hands yourself. <laughs> I just imagine All right. I just imagine Jared trying to steal like a, an important ball of Khalil Max. He's like, I'm taking this ball. You just hear Khalil, give me the ball. Okay. <laughs> I would not. He's like, would, yes, sir. All right. <laughs> Neil. Well, guys, uh, I got one little debate topic, topic hitting on the Buccaneers, and we kind of – I feel like in our uh, fantasy chat and in general, we always kind of debate this, but we should bring it on here right now. And that's who's the best wide receiver on the Buccaneers team. And I want to hear who who you think it is and why. Go, Micah. It's, it's Chris Godwin, first of all. No. Antonio Brown's very good. If this was like three years ago, obviously it's Antonio Brown. He's still very good. And that him and Tom Brady have some weird – weird like very good relationship and Mike Evans is Mike Evans Mike Evans is also just incredible but Chris Godwin is so consistent every single game he's the best route runner he has the arguably I don't know who has the best Best route runner wait wait wait. you just said Chris Godwin's the best route I said he's the best route runner if we're talking like Chris Godwin on the same team of Antonio Brown? If we're talking 2018, yes. You don't have to talk about 2018. Even now. Wake up on your Mac computer, Jared. It's 2021. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, Brown's like 32, and he's on a crutch right now. I don't Chris care. We're <laughs> not talking about how injury-prone AV is. I'm just saying. He's not injury-prone. He's just hurt right now. I just threw that in just, just to like dive the knife a little bit deeper. But Chris Godwin is so good at what he does. He doesn't get enough credit, and he's the most talented wide receiver on that team. And you'll be is that why they franchise impressed. tagged him? What? What is that why they franchise tagged him? <laughs> Didn't he get a deal? No, he got a franchise tag. He got a franchise tag. That man's he got gone. franchise tag. What's Antonio Brown making? Like a million dollars? Like the vet minimum? Okay, it's not, but exactly. it's not going to look pretty for Jared right here. But Chris Godwin, I think, is the best receiver. It, it might not be true, but in my opinion, from what I see and from what he does week in, week out, like AB will have, you know, nine catch, excuse me, nine catches for 150 yards and a touchdown, and then I'll have two catches. Mike Evans will do the same, or he just get completely blanketed. Chris Godwin over the middle. You guys are going to get, that's going to make me crazy right now. Chris Godwin. <laughs> Okay. No, right, no. Hold on, real quick. Yes. Hey. Whoa. 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 What? <laughs> no. Go ahead. Uh, you guys, go ahead. Real quick. He's talking about Chris Godwin being the best. Okay. I know AB is not the AB of old, but AB hasn't shown anything to like tell us that he is washed up right now. Yes, he might have lost a little bit of speed, maybe a little bit sloppy on some routes, but he is still. The better route runner than Chris Godwin, in my well, opinion. He's not washed. He's not washed, but Chris Godwin is open on almost every play. And so is AB. It's just whether or not Tom Brady looks his way that play because they have so many receiving options. Yeah. They have but really good receivers. Let's they just do. <laughs> no, because <laughs> I'm not going to let you say Chris Godwin's better. This is a debate. And this year, I think AB's been more consistent than Chris Godwin. And like I told you last year, bringing on Antonio Brown is going to hurt Chris Godwin. 
and it, it didn't happen right away, but now you're seeing it this year. Are you sure? Yes. A B is that wide receiver one, one healthy. A B is All like, right. if A B is a wide receiver one, then Godwin is a wide receiver like S. No. Yes. <laughs> um, ben, who do you got? Mike Evans. Mike Evans is the best receiver Mike in that Evans? receiving core to me. Yeah. Because Why? you don't get you don't get the you don't get the opportunities for those two if you don't have someone getting the attention that Mike Evans does. I think you Mike do. Evans is Mike Evans is gonna have we have I, we watched Antonio Brown th- on the so Steelers. Mike Evans is not the best route runner, but I think that Mike Mike Evans is the biggest threat on that offense. Is that that's how I'll reword it. I think Mike Evans is I mean, and you can't you can't look at me and say that I'm ridiculous for saying that. Because you look he, at me and tell me I'm wrong. You're ridiculous. <laughs> you came down in a bubble, Doug. <laughs> at the end of the day, they're not exactly slumming it in terms of receivers, are they? They have incredible – they have the deepest receiving core in the NFL. But yep. Mike Evans is – Mike Evans, by definition, is the alpha in that offense. It's always really? going to be the case. It, yeah, it is because you're you're debating who's the better route runner between Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown, which by correlation, at least from what we can see, you know, in fantasy terms, they're the PPR guy. They're the you know they're the medium route. They're the ones that are going to get kind of the consistent looks. But you have an alpha if you need that touchdown, if you need the red zone, if you need that threat that you are going to trust more times than not. You're going to look Mike Evans's way. So Mike Evans commands attention the others do as well but mike evans attend the the need to cover mike opens it up for them it opens up those short routes it opens up those more intricate slants the mike evans is a magnet because if you leave him open if you leave him on with your second best corner and maybe no help on that he's gonna give me that so yep I can agree sure. that Mike Evans takes away the attention because he does draw the best cornerback on the other team. But to say that AB or even Chris Godwin can't produce without Mike Evans is don't don't I'm not ridiculous. I don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that they can't produce without him. I'm saying that he opens up the field even more for them. They'd yes. be fine without him. I mean, but that's just like saying you, the having two of you are li- the two of you are literally saying. They are open on every play. They are because they are. They, he because he allows to no. some degree. He extends the play. He extends the field for them to have that further space to be open. AB also goes on deep routes though. So that but also in Mike Evans' defense, he has a thousand yards in every, every season, season he played in the NFL. He's insane. He's a good receiver. That's just there's just he's just good. He's a fucking beast. He's but, six five two thirty, and he catches everything. But I, I think I'm not true. Not true. He's been no. dropping some recently. He, he used to catch everything. Point. But um, and last year, ugh. when you were saying uh, having Mike Evans freeze up more for AB and Chris Godwin, I mean it's the same thing of having just any multiple stars on one team, like the Golden State Warriors. Steph, Clay, KD, you have to guard them one on one. No more double teams, and that's what the Bucks are facing every week, one on ones. And I think AB excels. Yes, I'll give Mike Evans his props, but. I still think AB is the best receiver. You won't that. give Chris Godwin his props. It's fine. I will not. But the three of them, <laughs> three of them, open it up for. Each, I won't. I won't let that go. The three of them open it up for each other. We'll say that. And no, it's just the three not, of them open right. it up for Gronk. 
And then Gronk <laughs> and Leonard Fournette. It's All right. Well, it looks like we got a three-way tie right here, so I have to break it. Um, I uh, Tyler, I don't, I don't. I've I've had my mind made up on this way before. Scotty Uh, Miller. I was a Mike Evans. Oh Oh my gosh, they have so many options. Um, I will quickly say this though, and Ben briefly brought it up, but I wanted to hit on it. um, Is that beneath these guys is quite possibly. going to be one of the most talented wide receivers who's just soaking it all up in Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson was a beast at Minnesota with Rashad Bateman. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a reason why they took him, and he is currently learning under three dynamic wide receivers who bring each their own skill set, and he's just soaking that all up. So you just got to think, like, eventually when one of these guys uh, eventually is going to have to move out, and Tyler Johnson is going to be in that wide, retu- wide, retu- uh, wide receiver two spot eventually with whoever's left on the other end, whether that be A.B., Godwin, or Mike Evans. Um, and he's going to be something else. So I'm definitely Great keeping my Tyler pickup. Johnson. Yeah. Um, however, we are talking about the big three there. Um, I always like big – dominating wide receivers always have Calvin Johnson is my hero. Mike Evans to me is the best wide receiver on the Buccaneers offense. And mostly for the reasons that Ben said as well, at the end of the day, he's getting the, he's getting cornerback one. There's a reason why he's wide receiver one. He's the alpha. He's the biggest threat. Is he the best route runner? No. Is he the, 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 the fastest? No, but you can't. You can't. It's, it's hard to guard his size, and it's hard to guide uh, guard his catching ability. Um, I think Mike Evans is the best wide receiver because of that, and he's just such a dominate. He's just a dominant player on the field. The defense has to account for him first before they can account for Chris Godwin or AB. We can all agree they all complement each other. They all open up stuff for each other, but that defense is always going to be looking at Mike Evans first, number 13. Where is he at? Get your best defender on him, and you have to try to stop him. I mean, did the Bears not have their best cornerback on him this we past weekend? We did have Jalen Johnson on him. I, did, he, I, I said that. On I that delay that. route, that delay, that, that, those two catches that led to that touchdown were insane. And Jalen Johnson was playing amazing defense. That was fantastic defense. Mike Evans was just better. and he, Mike Evans' was, catch was, radius is It's is so phenomenal. crazy. But on that one, Tom Brady had already thrown it. Mike Evans wasn't even looking. And just turns around, is right there. And Jalen Johnson even gets a freaking hand on it, too. Like, you can't do nothing. And a lot of – and I see what you're saying, Jared. A lot of A.B. stuff, though, he's wide open because he's fast. You know, he's getting that. But, like, when he's matched up, he's got a guy on him. A.B. doesn't – A.B.'s not going to make those contested catches that Mike Evans can. And my thing against Godwin is he kind of gets lost when A.B. and Evans are going off. I honestly think he gets he gets lost in that in that fold. He just becomes that five yard slant guy. Um, but I love them all. I love wide receivers. I think they're all extremely talented. But I'm giving the edge to Mike Evans on it. And this was before I was a Mike Evans owner, but I'm happy to have him. That's for sure. <laughs> if Chris Godwin, I'll leave it with this, and then we should get to the pickums. If Chris Godwin ever gets lost, it's because he's the ultimate team player, and you can just. <laughs> You can just bake that yeah. into his wide receiver one on the Buccaneers status, and then now we can. Chris Godwin's number one okay. fan. Yeah. That, Chris Godwin number one. I get the last word. Okay. 
Okay. All right. Moving on to the last segment, our pickums. It's our favorite time of the show. Let's get going. I have them all locked in. I got Kunis's, even though he wasn't here. And uh, I think we're going to start off with just going with the ones right off the bat that we all agree on, because those seem to be quite successful, uh, especially this past week. We, uh, real quick before we get into that, can we just hit on who had the best record in the Pickums last week? Oh uh, yeah, I oh guess I better God. do that. Micah was well. had the best weekly record so far. He went nine three and one. For those of you who are just now tuning in, the one in that tie spot just represents a push, um, which means the bet was pushed out. There's no win. All right, you just get your money back, correct? Yeah. Um, he was nine three and one. Uh, coming in at sec- tied for second was Kunis at eight and five, along with Trevor, who was eight and five, our guest picker. Um, and then it was me and Jared at seven and six, and then little old Ben coming in at six and seven, the only losing record in his. I'm the caboose. <laughs> in anyway. my defense, I don't bet, so I'm kind of just going with I don't. So you, don't, you all have a list that you abide by. I'm just going off of kind of punches. So don't listen to Ben, but listen to me because I went on a loner with the Lions 14 and a half last week. Got a lot of shit for it. And oh, and here we go again. I've had a lot of loner now. picks hit. Relax there, third place. Relax. I just wanted to bring up <laughs> Lions 14 and a half because I fucking knew it. And now we can. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Ben's only loner pick of Washington plus nine and a half against Packers did not hit. Jared's loner pick of Chiefs minus five and a half did not hit. Um, Kunis was the only one to take Giants plus three. That hit. Of course, Mike has talked about it multiple times already. The Lions plus 14 and a half. And then the only one where we, uh, the only one where we all had the same pick that didn't hit was Broncos. But Jared got it because he got the Broncos at plus yes, three, sir. three and a half. But all the rest of us missed out on that. That was the one that Micah pushed on, by the way. Anyway, oh, we don't live in the last week. We live in we live in the we live in the moment. So, go moving on. Um, let's just quickly hit some of the ones we all agreed on. First, uh, the first one is Lions plus three and a half against the Eagles. We all have the Lions at plus three and a half. We're all on the Dan Campbell train. Love it. <laughs> we we'll go they are due for a win. They are due for the win. They're getting it this week against the against Philly, who, you know, they're they're a solid team, but no, it's happening. Lions are getting it. Another one it. we all agree on. Um the Bengals minus ten at Jets. Uh we're all high on the yeah. new number one seed in the AFC, that's for sure, especially after their uh, win last week. But, <laughs> are we just moving on? We move on. <laughs> are we you can just, tell the pain coming high? out of his mouth when he said that. <laughs> are we high on the Bengals or just low on Mike White and the Jets? No, low? Joe Flacco. No, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. I'm pretty Joe sure Mike White is That's somehow Bengals by 90. Bengals by 90. <laughs> Either way, yeah. Sorry, Mike right. White is the starting quarterback, not Joe Flacco. Oh, Mike, Mike White. Glennon. Mike, Glennon. Mike, so, Glennon. Mike, Mike White didn't look too bad now. <laughs> Stop. Too bad. All right. What's next? next one, uh, Rams minus 14. They are in Houston. Uh, that's kind of a gimme. Um, they got absolutely throttled by the Cardinals last week. Um, another one with uh, Mark Ingram. Oh, yeah. They did. They did. To the Saints. They did. Yeah. Um, Next up is Buccaneers at Saints. We all have the Bucks at minus six. Uh, two of us have minus five and a half. 
Um, Saints, not the most solid, well-formed out team. Buccaneers dominant, should get the dub here. Um, and then the last one is Cowboys by minus three. Mike has got minus two and a half against the Vikings. Um, I'm hoping for a good game from Dalvin at least, but uh, the Cowboys are coming off a bye. Uh, they're going to be ready for this one. It is in Minnesota, though. But it is prime time. Those are Kirk. all the ones. Primetime yes. Kirk is oh, yes, absolutely is. terrible. Right. Sunday night football. Anyway, I, um, how bad I guess was. we'll go ahead. Those are the ones we all uh, have picked the same. Um, judging off of our past success, it would be worth maybe throwing some money. Yeah, a little parlay on that. Hey, can you say those ones that you picked the same? It was, uh, we got Lions. Lions. Lions plus three and a half. Bengals minus 10. Rams minus 14. Buck, Bucks minus six. And Cowboys minus three. Um, let's go in one. here. That's not a bad little Let's go to the fit. If Here's one I really want to hit. Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, if sometimes I like to take, like, the extra half point. So, like, not minus 14, take minus 13 and a half. Just, you know, we don't like pushes. We like to win outright. So, that's all I want to say there. True. All right, let's go to the first 50-50 one. And it's actually probably the best game of the week. Thursday night football. Packers at Cardinals. Myself, Ben, and Micah. All taking Cardinals minus six and a half. Jared and Kunis have Packers plus six and a half. Um, I will say this. Everyone's living up on the hype of Aaron Rodgers being six and zero without Devontae Adams. Let me quickly remind you on the teams that he beat in that six and zero run. Four of those six teams went on to have losing records and had losing records at the time. The two that they beat that were good were the 2019 Kansas City Chiefs without Patrick Mahomes and in 2020 against New Orleans, who didn't have Michael Thomas. Um, I just want to say that of all those teams, uh, the Cardinals are probably way better, and they pending pending D Hop status because he is questionable. I think the Cardinals are going to easily beat the Packers in this one. Um, it is in Arizona too, um, so I'm happily take Cardinals minus six and a half. I, I think, think D Hop plays. I don't think it matters. I think yeah, that's a good point <laughs> in terms of the spread. Um, I think I think it's easy to take the Cardinals, especially with the news of Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard being out. But if there is one team, or let me say one guy that could stop the Cardinals winning streak is a primetime Aaron Rodgers that everyone is like, you know, already writing off for this game because he has no weapons outside of Aaron Jones. But the Packers have covered the spread in each of their last six games. I'm not saying I'm confident in the Packers beating the Cardinals. I'm just confident in them covering the spread and not getting beat by a touchdown. That's fair. J.J. Watt is out too. I'm not very confident in this one, but if you're putting a gun to my head and making me pick, which Josh quite almost (laughs) literally did, um, I'm going to take the Cardinals. And if the legal reasons, that was a joke. For for a lot of or reasons, that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> we have that list that Jared talked about last week, and we mentioned a few times the Cardinals. Well, I think for the Cardinals first, are on uh, the list. The Cardinals they're on the, the mega man list. They're on the Whoa. mega man list. The Cardinals were the they first team on that list, but that was last year's Cardinals team. They're seven and zero this year. If they lose this one with no D Hop, with no Devonta Adams, and no Al Lazard. 
banged up Packers team, I think they just cement themselves on the list. But I'm still, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with, with Cardinals. How so, many times did Washington move the ball in the red zone and just fumble it away? I mean, they were they had a lot of opportunities. Packers That's are what I'm saying. And without without Devontae, but still, like it's. We'll see. It'll be a good game. We'll I'm see. hoping. Yep. We'll see. Aaron Jones, baby. <laughs> yeah. I uh, in one of those games without Devonte, they beat Dallas by a shit ton, and Aaron Jones had four t- rushing touchdowns in that game. So yeah. you do have something to look forward to. Yeah, the Cardinals I'm defense is really good. Probably gonna let me down. Did we have any? Uh, did we have any loners this week? So we can yes, we did. I was going to get to them. Um, first one is yeah, Dolphins at Bills. We all have the Bills at minus – ranging from minus 14 to minus 13 and a half. But Ben decided to go Dolphins plus 13 and a half. Um, to explain, well, this is in uh, Buffalo as well. You know they don't have Deshaun Watson yet, right? <laughs> oh. Oh, they wait. Got- the plus is a bad thing? Yeah. <laughs> they also got absolutely murdered the first time around in Miami. The Bills forty oh bombed God. them. They played together. They've played already this year. They've got destroyed. Yes, by the Bills. they got destroyed in Miami, and now uh, Miami, a Florida team, is going all up to cold ass Buffalo. To I'm honestly surprised well, that it's only thirteen and a half after Arizona Houston was seventeen last week. Thirteen yeah. and a half seems low. You think they're riding like that loss to the Titans before their bye week? I think so. That's true. I'm not going to lie to you. um, I'm kind of regretting my decision. You can change it if you'd like. But But this is why I don't bet. If you want to change it, you got to tell me right now or else it's locked in. Nah, we're going with it. All right. Yeah, Yeah. you better stick with it. You're going to need to Just sticking with my loaner pick. All right. um, We asked (laughs) – we actually have another loader pick, which is Ben. Uh, we all have Titans minus one, and he has Colts at plus one and a half. I um, think we know why he's at Colts plus one and a half. Yeah, yeah, I'm a Colts fan. Colts are favored. Wait, no, the Colts, Colts are, are favored. Plus. No, they're not. No, 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 no. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. Micah, how the hell did you get plus one and a half odds for the Titans? Um, as DraftKings. They're favored. Did they change favored. it? They must have changed it. Yeah, the Colts it. are favored. Because I, yeah, I saw well, that. People like, must have been fun? hitting that. Colts. Yeah, the Colts are favored right now. Wow. That's, That's wow. You're going to give me the, wow. basically the Titan money line? Like, no chance. <laughs> That's wow. crazy. No offense to the Colts. They, they played well. <laughs> the team is okay. But if you're going to give me Derrick Henry and a whole point, I'm going to take that. All right. Uh, more often than not. Um, here's another loner pick, but he's not here to defend himself. Kunis is the only one taking Patriots at plus five and a half. I don't like that. I think Chargers coming off a bye. They're going to fix those mistakes in Baltimore. Loss. Yeah. Um, I think that they're going to be coming out with a vengeance. It is in L.A. It's not, it's not another East Coast visit. Um, I like Chargers minus five a lot, but Kunis sees something in the Patriots, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what, do you, what, do you, what do you think about your pick? Uh, I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. All right. Your voice was so high. Sorry, Kunis. because <laughs> <laughs> he's sick. He's not feeling well. <laughs> Um, <laughs> hey uh, let's hit two more. Uh, here's another 50 51. That's kind of actually, there is one other loner with someone in here. Jared, let's for go. like the third straight week, is the only one taking the Bears plus three and a half go. <laughs> against the 49ers. <laughs> Jared, what? I'm not Jared you, you had them plus 12 and a half against the Bucks last week. <laughs> I know no, the 49ers are better, but why? <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Tell me why. Let me get it out the air. Because uh, I don't believe in the 49ers. They just lost to the Colts. I'm not taking anything away hey. from the Colts. I'm not. You're not believing in that Nick Bosa is going to eat Justin Fields alive? <laughs> okay. That might. That might be the only problem. Come on, come on. <laughs> the biggest, the, the biggest reason. Problem. You would think after what happened last week, our coach would make some adjustments. Oh, that's the thing. That's the thing. Well, no, that's the thing. Matt Nagy has COVID. <laughs> guys, he has COVID. He's not coaching. Every... He's not. Coach. I just want everybody listening to the podcast. If you had seen Micah's face when he realized that Matt Nagy was out for the week, I've never seen such euphoria. <laughs> on the man's face. I might have to switch my pick. That's I why I took Bears plus three and a half. They have, Matt Nagy has COVID. They're going to want to bounce back after that ugly loss against the Bucks. Granted, Khalil Mack might not play. Robert Quinn, I haven't heard him been activated from the COVID list, but I'm assuming he would. Doesn't matter. It doesn't I matter. I that Matt Nagy's not coaching. <laughs> I would like, right now, I'm switching my pick. I actually had 49ers. Um, minus four. I had it. The spread was minus, minus four. four, plus four. Not that. It Are you really, really want to change it? I'm absolutely changing it. Let's right go. Now. Is it? Against Jimmy Garoppolo without Matt Nagy, what is it? I'm taking the Bears. Bears plus three and a half. Okay. I'll take three and a half. Yeah, four doesn't really move the needle. Of course, we're gonna win yeah. by four and whatever. But all right. Um. Yeah. Okay. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. One last one before we move on to the locks. One more before we move into the locks, and this is quite the controversial one here. Giants at Chiefs. Me and Jared are going Giants plus nine and a half, and Kunis, Ben, and Micah are all doing the cardinal sin of going with the Chiefs minus nine and a half. They're on the list. I don't know, dude. I don't They're know. on the list. Oh no, I'm not taking. I'm not. I'm not clicking on the Giants name and drafting. <laughs> you can't. Hey. I don't care how much the spread is. I think I'm going to quickly say this. Yeah. I have to take some risks to get back up with get back up with you big with with the boys. So, Giants plus nine and a half. Why the fuck not? We're riding it, baby. We're riding it. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I'm gonna go. A, a good captain goes down with the ship, and I'm kind of on the Chiefs' ship right now. We're like barely treading right now. I don't know. <laughs> Chiefs minus nine. And the Chiefs have failed to cover the spread in eight. Of their last nine games in Arrowhead, I, I, I just said Eight I don't know, but I'm, I'm going to double down. I don't, I don't know. It's not going to be my. And that's just home games. That's just home games. I, how, many right. they, how many times have they played Daniel Jones? That's my question. Daniel Jones doesn't look too bad though. That's okay. Well, let's I see. think Darius is going to come out and punch him in the mouth. <laughs> well, Darius, Darius about to go off. Jones, and I quote: "Daniel Jones doesn't look that bad." We will revisit that a week. Later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All Are right. you saying that he's? Wait, hold on, real quick. That Chiefs defense okay. is not going to do anything to Daniel Jones. I'm sorry. Yes, but if I was a, a bad defense, Daniel Jones isn't going to scare me. So that's the other. I side. guess. But yeah, well. Moving on, it's time for the locks of the week. I'll go ahead and do Kunis's since he's not here. Kunis, lock of the week is going to be the Rams. Bengals minus ten. He Ah. stole mine, but it's fine because I have a backup. (laughs) But Kunis has got Bengals minus ten. Can someone uh be running the parlay too so we get the odds at the end? I got you. you. Yeah, uh, I like it. That was my original one, but Kunis took it, so I like it though. Mine, on the other hand. I am going to confidently say Chargers minus 
five. Lock it in. Let's go. Justin Herbert, they're coming off that bye. They're pissed off. They got their asses kicked by the by the Ravens. At home, Patriots suck. Let's go, Chargers. Minus five. What do you guys got? My lock of the week. Yeah, I'll go last. Is Bears pl- – no, I'm just kidding. My <laughs> lock of the week. Hey, I got so excited. Was- <laughs> Sorry, I already took them in my lock. They – I'm going to stay one for one, stay perfect on the Bears for locks. But my lock of the week is going to be the Bills minus 13 and a half. And I think we already said it, why the Bills are going to cover. But, yeah, it's going to be no contest at home. All right. I like it. Type of competitive. That's a good one. I like it. That would you, Micah, you go next. I'm I'm indecisive right now because I'm not very locked in on my (laughs) not very locked in. I need to hear the confidence. Actually, I need to hear confidence. Come on, I'm gonna go out on a limb here. My lock of the week. Do it. No. He's Jags plus three. Wow. Right now they're plus three and I think the I think the Jags are clicking a little bit. I think I don't trust Geno, and I don't trust that Seahawks defense. I think that game's going to be very close. Uh, Interesting. To quickly to quickly say, uh, only, me, Jared, and Ben all have the Jags at plus three and a half. Kunis and Mike are the only ones to take the Seahawks. I just, but it's, all right. Yeah, it's in Seattle. That's the only reason I took the Seahawks. That's the only reason. All right. Good one, Ben. Yeah, I, I don't know. That one that one kind of just stuck out to me a bit. I was like, I think that this I that Jags team is kind of figuring some stuff out. And so this Seahawks team is really vulnerable. So we'll see what happens. I'm not mad at the pick. I'm not it's mad. It's just hearing All the right, Jaguars in a lock parlay. That doesn't really confuse <laughs> So I right this now, is why I don't bet. Right now, draft does not have Bengals minus 10. It's either 11 or 9.5, so I just bumped it to 9.5. I do 9.5. I have Bills minus 13.5. I have Chargers minus 5, and then Jaguars plus 3.5. I, for my lock, am going to take the Dallas Cowboys minus 2.5 against the Vikings. So it's in Minnesota. Um, the Cowboys on the road doesn't inspire too much confidence, but Kirk Cousins in prime time, um, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys offense has just looked – They're rolling right now. They look elite right now. The Vikings defense, if they – coming into the season, they were supposed to be good. They have not looked good. And, I mean, Dalvin Cook and the rest hey. of the offense, they look- it's all positive. They look good. No, no, no. It's it's prime time. Like Jared said, prime time Kirk. So they're gonna ride Dalvin. Yeah, but it's not gonna I, be enough to keep up with that Cowboys. I line. don't think it's gonna be a shootout, and I'm just gonna take the Cowboys by field goal. I'm not. I think you're banking on the Kirk saying that the Cowboys winning. Not even that. I mean, <laughs> I don't think the Vikings I, roster. I think gonna, yeah, I think like it's like an offense versus offense kind of game and I'm going to take the better quarterback when it comes down yeah. to that kind of a game. So at two and a half, like if it was like minus, if it was above three, like minus four or minus five, I'd probably go somewhere else. But if at two and a half, I'll take the Cowboys. I like them winning yeah. by a field goal. All right. To sum up, we got chargers minus five bills, minus 13 and a half bangles, minus 10 Jags plus three and a half Let's and go. Cowboys minus two point two and a half. Give me them odds. What do we got? Right now, with those five picks, as of 9.14 p.m. Elite time, Central time, on DraftKings, plus plus 2,157. I just put um, $10 on it to win 215. 
So nice little payday. Let's do it. That's weird. That's this, gonna, this is going to be the week. This, this week. is the week. This is going to be the week. Really? Uh, to summarize real quickly, last week, um, Jared, explain why your lock didn't hit. <laughs> what was your lock again? The Eagles plus three and a half. I, oh, yeah. We tried to talk you out of that, but I guess obviously we couldn't do that. I just it. had a little bit more faith in the Eagles, and they came out and shat the bed. RIP Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders got hurt in like the first quarter, I think. Did you oh, bet on the Eagles for Miles Sanders? Is that what no? I'm not. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just covering all the bases. I'm just saying. I don't think it would have made a difference. They just looks sluggish out there. Their car and the Raiders came out there wanting to prove something at home. So that wasn't my bet for sure. Yeah. But I wasn't the only one that missed. So nope. I don't. I will Kunis, not take 100 percent of the blame. Yep, Kunis. Uh... Missed his as well. He had Rams minus 14 and a half. Um, really early on when we saw Dan Campbell grow the biggest balls in the world, uh, we kind of knew that that might, might not hit the yeah. day. <laughs> um, but it's all right. We don't live in the past. We live in the moment. We're riding it. Five Jags later. plus Let's three, go. baby. Let's oh, Jags dude. plus three is the one I'm worried about. We're going to be watching <laughs> that one, but I have faith. Just, to, just for record keeping sake, Jags three and a half. Yeah, as Jags plus oh, three I got the plus three, but I I don't take them at three and a half. But that's, that's your that's just that's your risk. That's the line right now. That's the line. All right, boys. We'll take the extra half. So, all right, boys. Any closing thoughts before we wrap this show up? I love Dan Campbell and lines fourteen and a half every day of the week. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Could we you are imagine? riding them this week. Could you imagine Dan Campbell with the Bears right now? God, oh my God, we'd be a Super Bowl. Super well, let man. me think about. That. Think about this with the how close the lines are keeping every game. Do you take? Do you legitimately think that they're kind of the safer side of a bet? So if they have plus odds, do you take them? In theory, but because they the kept lines. everything close, they got they got blown out by the Bengals at home. You know who uh, yeah, I want them to offer a job that I would love? Oh. Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma. Lincoln Riley. <laughs> get him. Get him in Chicago. Get his offensive scheme in there. Okay. You're going to suck on defense, but it's fine. At least you'll have offense. <laughs> your we defense won't suck on is defense. sustainable. Your we defense won't suck is sustainable. On yeah, we, we still have right. uh, Sean, our DC. So, yeah. I, I, All right. Thank you, Riley, Chicago. Right. Let's get it going. Anybody, please. Anybody. <laughs> Anybody in Belgium, if you know like a good waffle maker, we'll take it. I don't <laughs> Micah's All this right. close to submitting his own application. I'm the best Madden right. player. That I, I'm the best Madden player. Yeah, <laughs> got your Madden playbook out there. <laughs> hey, levels, dude. Levels. <laughs> levels. Engage eight. Engage level, eight. Engage eight. Level, <laughs> corner strike. You got your one cover two man. That's your tip. Dude, it's not that hard. Dude. Mike is gonna have his like Denny a Denny's menu, and on the other side, <laughs> it's just gonna be engage eight and four verts. That's the defensive <laughs> play and the offensive play. He's just gonna whisper it in every single time. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, We'll see you on the next one. Um, Yeah. Go Ravens. Go Bears.